It's that time again. Coming to you all the way from New York, New York. It's the Hollywood Godfather Podcast. Starring Gianni Russo, Megan Horan, and Pat Piccarelli. And now... Gianni. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome again to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. Here we are. And we had a surprise of surprises. And believe me, it was a surprise because this lady has been a fan of ours since we went on the air. And she'd been tracking me so many different ways. And she rang the bell thinking that we broadcast live on Wednesday nights. And here we are. And here we are with her. And that's why I have to introduce her. We're going to have her on the show for a minute because what a great compliment. The fact that her and our family and our friends are here. And they came in from San Diego. So to me, that's that's amazing. Rita, welcome. Thank you, Gianni. This is an honor. <laughs> honor. It's our honor. But how did you, and I, I mean, first of all, I mean, you have your wonderful family. I finally met them. Everything has been on visuals and uh, Instagram. How did you become such a fan? Um. First of all, my husband got me into the whole Godfather stuff, and then... Well, that's good. Thank you. Many, many years, and then finally hearing about your podcast, and he heard you on the Dr. Michael Savage show, and then you started having the podcast, and I've been listening to you ever since. Your stories are so fascinating. Um, I just feel like it's it's crazy. It's a book, and you know, but that's your life. Like nothing. Yeah. No, I'm totally no one's insane. ever lived Just what you you've know. lived. It's insane. It is true. You it know, is. and then I come home every Wednesday. I'm like, I need to tell my husband. I'm like, oh, I need to tell you what happened today, what he said, and did this, and you know, he'll kind of help me out and fill me in of you know who this person was because I'm not familiar with all the names that you throw out. And then, that's why we have Megan yeah. here. See, Megan is my millennial. Either. <laughs> she, so, she does like, all, all the, the questioning. Pieces kind of fit in, so I come home and tell him what I heard, and he kind of you know fills in. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's just amazing no, doc, doctor, what you went through. Dr. Yeah. Michael Savage has really been a good good promoter of ours, I'll tell you that. And plus, um, uh, Patrick Bed David. I just saw that, yeah. I just saw that on YouTube. posted today of 900,000 views. Wow. So we'll hit a million by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say we're touching at 4 million right now since March wow. 12th. Across all platforms. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> So, what are you here doing Christmas? No, Christmas isn't even here. Thanksgiving. What, am I what month about? is it, Gianni? I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. No, I don't know where you, well, perhaps, you are right now. Perhaps, perhaps she was here for last Christmas and she's just late. She's, <laughs> she's just stayed yeah. since. No, we do our yearly okay. New York trip. We're in love with the city. That's, I saw Keep that coming post. Back. Six years, you said. Six, Six years, years in a row. Been great. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't know what else to say. You, you have you want to share some stuff with us? What 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 are some of the highlights? Whatever you want to do. This is your fifteen <laughs> this minutes. This is of your fame. moment here. Oh Rita. my gosh, your highlights. Do you have any questions? You must have oh yeah, questions. that's a good one. Well, well you're the audience. Which what what's your attraction basically? How you've overcome everything. Especially from your childhood. That, like, really touched me. Well, it's faith. God, obviously. Yeah, Anybody knows me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just believe in it, and I'm, I'm an advocate to, to actually spread the word, mm -hmm. fortunately. But, um, well, give us a background, because the people who are on the radio don't know you. Mm -hmm. So tell us your age, your family, where you come from, the background. 
Um, so I have my husband, Dylan, here. My two girls are staying super quiet here. Ages four and eight. Um, we're from San Diego. I am 35. Let me see what else. What else? And your and your girls are your girls are fans too. She's a fan. Oh yes, I yes. The, um, My daughter um, wanted to practice her Godfather theme song for you, thinking you had a piano so she could come play oh. it for you. <laughs> we went to FAO Schwartz today. You know that big piano? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's up there. She was trying to play it with her feet. But oh, the oh keys yeah, Tom, were so far. Tom Hanks yeah. did that in yeah. the movie. Yeah. 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 So it's up there. That's, That's good. Um, FAO Schwartz is amazing, amazing store. Can I tell the story about what she told her friend? Please. Of course. Tell you so, um, so, Pat, she has this friend who's very, she just kind of likes to throw things in people's faces. She loves to tease and show off. She always gets um, picked randomly for things. And then she was teasing my daughter, Darla, saying, oh, I got picked for pizza with a principal again. And then Darla just turned around and looked at her and said, well, I got invited to Mr. Godfather's house. Okay. And then she... That's, <laughs> that's Mr. incredible. Godfather. Mr. Godfather. Yeah. That's funny. I love it. That's your new title. Yeah. Oh, that's great. She's like, and that's better than the pizza with the principal. <laughs> well, give, you, give your husband a plug. What, is he, what are you doing in, in San Diego? What's your business? No, his, tell his, his family has liquor stores. And the names of them are? Yeah, yeah, Buy Right Market. There's one in Del Mar. I love Del Mar. Del Mar Liquor. Um, Monroe's Market. Right? Perfect. I think Good. that's about it, yeah. Well, you got to carry Godfather Vodka now. That's what we got to yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, thank you for stopping by. And of course. God bless you all and really great medium. Yeah, thanks oh, for listening yeah. and being fans. So welcome back, and our guests are preparing to leave, and but we don't want to, we can't linger any longer. We have so much hot news going on. We were talking about um, an article about the Irishman again that we want to discuss, and uh, Pat and I and, and, and uh, Megan, really, I don't understand what I don't understand about this. De Niro has been around me for a long time. Mm-hmm. He, we flew to Chicago. He met real people. My, my friend Jimmy, I'm major guys. Right. And, and uh, why didn't they vet this guy's stories out? Yeah. Well, it, 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 isn't, it isn't their job to vet them. It's the publisher's job. Well, did you see in this and article Br- it said that Brandt's first publisher, publisher backed out because he was a little bit uh, turned off by some of the stuff that he was trying to include? So which means that the publisher doesn't believe in their own product? No, it was the first publisher backed out. Not the second one, obviously. He oh, eventually oh, got published. But out of the, oh, of okay, the project right. altogether, yeah. Right. Well, that, that's when, uh, you know, Pat, you and I had some, not problems, but um, the, the interest no. from Macmillan, the parent company of St. Martin's Press. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pat, like, he, he, I don't know, how many times did you uh, write the closing, the closing pages of the book? We, we rewrote. The, the last chapter seven times. Oh my goodness! And well, and the, and to our audience, we always take for granted. You know what we're talking about. Pat and I fortunately wrote a best-selling book called Hollywood Godfather: My Life in the Movie in the Mob, and we're just thrilled with the success and the genius of how Pat took my life and made it into what it is today. Well, thank you very much for that. No, no, it's well, it is, man. But but, uh, but uh, people should. Uh, uh, readers, well, everybody should recognize the fact that you just don't 
write a book, they slap it between two covers, and off you go. The whole process from the time you start to uh, write the book, they give you a deadline, which for us it was six months, we finished it in five. And then you gotta wait a year and a half until it actually hits the stands, and during that year and a half, they vet the hell out of the book. And you know, by that I mean they go over everything you wrote so it can be backed up with fact and you have to have two sources and it, it, it takes, it takes time to do this stuff. Right. You know, it's not uh, an easy proposition. So when you're talking about the Irishman, when it comes to making a film and Johnny would know, know about, uh, obviously uh, know more about movie making than I do. That's uh, strictly for entertainment value. And when you write a book, it's for that, but it's also for information. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you get to the movie part of it, unless you have a, a stake in it, and this guy, uh, Sheerhan Kent, who died in 2008, but uh, they can do whatever the hell they want. They're trying to sell tickets. Right. So, and, yeah, uh, they, and, and you saying that, that will clarify to our audience that a, a movie is for entertainment. And they could say based on a true story, and that gives them the, the, the you know, yeah, or in this and case, it's those, based on this book. They're not saying that the book is reality. But. Right. Yeah, and, and for those people who are interested, uh, next week's uh, uh, episode, uh, we're going to concentrate a lot on this and point out how you can actually say anything you want if it's not vetted. And the reader, unfortunately, doesn't know the truth from fiction. But we'll mm-hmm. be talking about that next week. Yeah. But you know, okay. again, it's uh, the it, it's good publicity, good or bad. When a movie's out, and, and there's this Any much publicity. conversation about oh, there's a ton. It's, uh, that's what I'm saying. But that's good publicity. It sells tickets. It is. It's people, true. It's getting people it, curious. It, it arouses their curiosity, and they want to go see what it is, and and it's it's all of that. So, with that said, it's it's good publicity. Right. <laughs> bad, good, okay, bad, whatever. It's, you know, it's, okay. Th- this particular article that you sent me, uh, Gianni. Uh, the first time the criticism is coming from law enforcement professionals. Well, I know. That's I what... mean, that were involved, uh, involved with investigating the outfit, there's prosecutors, the uh, cops, they were all quoted as saying, uh, it, it's, it's a fantasy. Right. Basically. Uh, I don't have the article in front of me. Do you guys have it? I don't have it in front of me, but I have notes. Um, well, talk about okay, notes. Well, yeah. There was even one yeah. portion that said, um, brought up Dan Moldia, who's an investigative reporter, and he said he bumped into De Niro in 2014 and said, Bob, you're being conned. Meaning, like, this is not, <laughs> this is not no, I know. And the real and, story. And it's so funny that, you know, I, when I saw the article and Dan Moldia, as I brought out and uh, t- we shared with our audiences before, Dan Moldia was one of the guys that our agent, both our agents, Pat and mine, Frank Wyman, brought me Dan Moldia. And he just did the Clinton book, and he wanted to do my book, which I thought was amazing oh. that he wanted to do it. And I still asked him, I said, Dan, we met. He actually came to New York. He was in Washington, came up to see me. Yeah. And we spent, you know, we had a nice lunch and all that. And But I, I could see that the guy, uh, I, and don't take this in the wrong way, Pat, he was so educated yeah. and and. I needed a no, guy like Pat. He's a street guy. He knows me. He's got my language. Yeah, yeah. He had me down. Oh, right. Of course. And, and that's what, when, you know, I, the same thing. We had an, uh, an arrangement through our, our, our mutual agent, Frank Wyman. And um, I said, let me talk to him. 
And once I talked to him, I have 15 minutes. I said, let's do it. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Oh, but it's funny. No, but it, 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 there's a certain tone. But Dan's credibility as as a writer and as an investigator reporter, too. I, his background was that, wasn't it, Pat? Didn't he come oh, from yeah, the newspapers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, uh, one good thing about Frank Wyman, getting back to our esteemed agent, he connects celebrities and or people that are infamous with writers who know the topic. Right. You know, I mean, you can be a, you can be a Pulitzer Prize winning author. I mean, you were involved with, uh, you know, as a, as a, a prelude to actually you and I getting together. You were talking to some some big name writers and uh, Pulitzer Prize winners, Nobel Prize winners. Nick Pelleggi. Hello. Mm. Well, Nick Pelleggi is one, well, but there huge. was uh, uh, Tom Wolfe who recently passed away or last year. But I mean, this guy, uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, he was an esteemed author, but he didn't, he couldn't crawl into your head because he didn't know the street. Yeah. And that's you know, me. He didn't know. So, uh, that's, that's not saying anything detrimental about Tom Wolf. We all no. have our areas of expertise, right? You know, uh, uh, minus gangsters and cops. I don't know if that's a good thing. I got to think about that. No, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it worked for me. All right. I'm very selfish. <laughs> it's, just, it's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and as our millennium, what other yes. questions do you have that you? Oh, so something down? else I was looking at was um, this guy named Jack L. Goldsmith. They highlighted a lot in this um, article, and just want to mention that it was a Vanity Fair article. And so it said that he was a Harvard law professor, and that his stepfather was Charles Chucky O'Brien. Did you know that name? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Chucky O'Brien. Yeah. Okay. A- well, this was his stepfather, and he is upset with the film as portraying his stepfather as driving Jimmy Hoffa to his death. And so he's saying, like, nobody under the age of 50 knows who Jimmy Hoffa is, and so they're going to base it solely off what this movie's portraying. And he's kind of upset about the fact that they're portraying his stepfather as being... That's interesting. That, ...this kind of criminal. Yeah, Chucky you know? O'Brien was, uh, was a... Uh a hanger-on to, to Jimmy Hoffa. He was up there in, in the union, but he served uh, at, at the pleasure of, of Jimmy Hoffa. They were, they were close. Yeah. Hoffa trusted him. A dear friend. I'm sorry. What did you say? He was a dear friend to, yeah. to Jimmy. And, and you know, uh, and the, the, but there were so many people over the years taking credit to, to, to driving Hoffa to his death. You wonder how many of these people can actually fit behind the wheel of a car, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, Sheeran's involved, Chucky O'Brien's involved, uh, you know. It's, I'm surprised uh, Elvis isn't involved. You haven't heard from him in a while, you know. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's, it's, well, so what else does this, this article say? Uh, so it also says, did you, I didn't know this before, that Sheeran's confession, um, he had three different stories about his confession of how he was involved with Hoffa. Well, yeah, well, that's the bad thing about that's when you lie. You can't remember what you said. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't remember your lies. Right. You know? Uh, and you didn't practice that. You have to write them down. Yeah, it's so much easier to be truthful, but the truthful doesn't sell books. Right. In his case. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he would have nothing to say, basically. He was a an underling guy. Mm. He wasn't, yeah. you know, I mean, what he's gotten himself well, involved with. I mean, the fact that he even pointed out that he got the rifles to kill, assassin, assassinate Kennedy? 
Why would he? I mean, why, I mean, I mean, this guy's stories are so crazy. It's nuts. Well, you haven't heard crazy until we uh, we get to uh, talking about what we're going to talk about next week. I can't wait. You're going to hear you're going to hear insanity <laughs> when it comes to uh, mob books and people claiming what they did. And Johnny and I will uh, speak to some of this craziness. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I, but then then again, we're going to have to wait for that. But uh, anyway. The Sheeran book, uh, Octane Houses, it's, it's sold a lot of books. I mean, and it, it sold a lot of books twice because this, this book came out 10 years ago. No, but I mean, and, it must uh, be a bestseller again. It, it, it's gotten a resurgence because of the, of the film. When does that come out? The end of November, right? On uh, Netflix? It's out in theaters it's, now on, Nova, uh, and yeah, then on it, Netflix November 27th. Yeah, and it, 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 it came it, out. Uh, it's in the theaters now. You can right. go see it. Started Friday night, it, it, actually. It, it, Oh, it, it's in a wide release? I thought it was in limited theaters. It is in limited theaters. It's limited, but okay, it, it, you have to have 500 screens. I know that, otherwise I would have gone to see it. Yeah. No, it's 500 screens, and and oh. mo- most of the exhibitors that are taking it, they got a special deal on it, because they only have it for two weeks, I think, or something like that. Do you know what who the theaters yeah. are that are No. Doing I mean, it? there's two here in, in New York, I know. Oh, okay. And the tickets are only $7. I, I was shocked at that. No way. I thought it'd be like... Twenty, thirty dollars. I feel like know. the tickets are never seven dollars anymore. I don't know, but I asked a friend. Have of mine, you seen it? No, have you seen it I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I mean, I mean, I yeah, really I'm don't have before. three and a half hours to see. That's why I want to wait until yeah. Netflix so I can pause yeah. and restart. I want, I want to have an Irishman <laughs> party here. Yeah. Oh, let's do that. Because we're on the big screen and do it, show it. No, I and mean, we could stop and go to the bathroom and stuff like that. <laughs> and <laughs> eat. And three and a half hours, you know. Old, old men go to the bathroom more than that. <laughs> you can fly to L.A. about that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah that's it's a true. long movie. Yeah, I'm going to wait until Netflix. I think. So, any any other little tidbits? I mean, those were the things that I found most interesting. And that was Vanity Fair. I remember reading it. It, it was, was Vanity Fair. Yeah, and a very it, prestigious publication. You know? Right. So, oh but anyway, God. the bottom line is. Who's going to listen to any of this? All this, this is going to do is st- stir up the pot. M- more people, if they haven't heard of the Irishman, they heard of it now. I mean, Vanity Fair is a very prestigious yeah. publication. Right. So it's just going to sell, it's just going to sell more tickets. Exactly. I mean, look, look, we, you know, they could be it could be alive a, a from beginning to end. Look at the cast. I right. mean, you oh, just exactly. go to see the movie just for the cast. Oh yeah, and to see them all that's together. never going to happen again. No, uh, Pacino's eighty years old. I mean, you know, uh, no, people aren't getting any younger. No. So uh, oh, no. this is going to be the last time we see them in a major motion picture like this. But even think? Joe Pesci came out of retirement. He hasn't done the movie in yeah. so long. To do oh, this is that movie. true? No. Oh, yeah. And, yeah he, uh, hasn't done, he hasn't done a movie in 10 years. Oh, wow. And he said, he even said it in an interview that he did it because Bobby was so adamant of having him in. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, and Scorchese obviously helped him in his career coming up also. Because mm-hmm. Marty's done the greatest gangster movies ever, other than The Godfather, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do but, that one. But, uh, so you want to you wanna switch gears and, uh, and talk about something that's equally nuts? What's that? Roger Stone. We all know who Roger Stone is. Yeah, he was a, I a, do not. a confidant of Trump. Oh. Donald Trump. Okay, well, man. he was an advisor. Roger Stone... Uh, is or was a, uh, a, a, a Trump advisor. Now, you got to, you know, think about this. You know, you're the president of the United States, so you, you surround yourself with the best and the brightest. I mean, because they're advising you on policy, whether to go to war or not. So they picked Roger Stone. 
uh, as one of his advisors, who, by the way, has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. Are you curious? You know that? Is that a joke? I'm serious. No. Wait, what? Why? Are, were they Richard lovers? Nixon. Is it like his <laughs> face? I'm confused. Were they lovers? Well, have, you ever, have you ever seen or listened to Roger Stone? No. No. This guy is the very eccentric, very theatrical, very flamboyant. Oh, I mean, he dresses what well. He was doing, I've seen him. He would, he, he, well, if he wasn't doing what he was doing, well, now he's defending himself. But uh, if you just look at the guy, he could easily pass for a wise guy or a pimp. He dresses outlandishly. And he's got Richard Nixon tattooed on his back. I mean, that's, I think that says a lot. <laughs> when, did, anyway. when, when did he do what? that and why? Do you know that, Pat? Well, no, I'm just reading uh, from the uh, the article in the Daily News uh, about what happened uh, with him. He's he's under a gag order because as soon as he got indicted for being involved with uh, Julian Assange, the guy that was uh, uh, just uh, uh, arrested and he's being sent here to stand trial on uh, on leaking classified information. Uh, in a pu- publication he called WikiLeaks. Right. So he's been hiding in an embassy in Germany somewhere so for years, but they got him out. Uh, in fact, his host threw him out. He wouldn't bathe. He was oh abusive. I mean, this guy was a real nut. But anyway, he's involved with Roger Stone in a way we're going to discover when uh, when Stone goes to trial. Or Stone is involved in this. He's indicted. And he's under a gag order. But for the first couple of days, he wasn't under that gag order. He was sprouting all kinds of stuff. Anyway, one of the things he said when, uh, when Stone, one of the things that Stone said when he was interviewed by a radio personality named Roger Credico uh, was that uh, he was going to do a Frank, uh, a Frank Pentangeli when Congress, when congressional investigators asked him about uh, his and the defendant, that's Julian Assange's role in WikiLeaks. Now, Frank uh, Pentangeli. Well, I'll leave that to you, Jenny. Tell everybody who Frank Pentangeli was. Excuse me? You want to tell everybody who Frank Pentangeli was? If I knew, I would tell too? everybody. I'd shout it from the rooftops. I don't know. <laughs> Who's Pentangeli? <laughs> uh, that, that was the guy they, the, the guy that was supposed to test the, that, that was the character's name. Supposed to testify against Michael Corleone. Uh, oh, in, in my front God. Of Congress. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, my God. Uh, that, and he was using that? that? that that's fu- I'm saying, what? why do I know that name? But That, that, that <laughs> was Godfather 2. So that's a character's a name. A character in the movie. He w- turned on Michael. After, right, 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 and right. they had him in a, a federal holdout, mm. locked up with his own guard in an apartment. And uh, Tom Hagen went to tell him and talk to him because he was going to be in front of Congress. And being that he was a lawyer, he could go talk to him. They let him talk. Mm. And Tom Hagen in Godfather 2 convinced him that you better get amnesia (laughs) and whispered in his ear while they were doing a walk and talk in the courtyard with the FBI listening in. Oh, my gosh. The next scene, they're in the court and they're swearing him in. And Michael's there because Michael's under indictment. Mm-hmm. And there's a gentleman sitting next to Michael and his lawyers. And it's his brother. They brought him in from Frank, Sicily. Yes, yeah, Frank Santangeli's brother. They brought his older there. brother in who's never been in mob, never done anything, 
but he knew and got the message. Hmm. You open your so mouth. So if he talks, never look goes. over his shoulder. And there's, there's his brother who's never been on a plane. Never, he's, he's a peasant from Sicily, never been to the United States. He turns around and sees his brother, and he knows that if he says something, his brother's never going to leave the States, except in a box. So the implication there is, with Roger Stone, is that he's going to intimidate uh, witnesses. He's going to pull a, a, a Fantangeli. Oh. Uh, now, the prosecutor, the prosecutor, I don't know what, uh, what this guy was smoking, but he says, well, okay, I'm going to introduce as evidence uh, the clip from The Godfather, which Gianni just described. Do you a movie what? clip. Yeah, in the federal, in Congress. <laughs> as yeah. evidence. They, they, they want to, uh, you know, he, Roger Stone is indicted facing some serious charges here. At trial, the prosecutor wants to uh, put in as an, 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 uh, an exhibit of intimidation. The yeah. To show uh, what that means. Being, he's going to do a Frank Tantangeli. What does that mean? So they wanted to show the clip. So the judge gets a hold of this, and he had to think about it because no one's ever tried this before. It's a movie, you know. What I mean, right? Uh, so it's so crazy. the judge c- comes out with a ruling. He said just what I just said. It's a movie. They're acting. There's you know different intonations. There's there's d- different threats you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. What he did allow in though is the script. Oh, that's interesting. Really? The actual, yeah, so, they're so they're allowing, but there's no jury, the right? These are these are all senators are, are trying him, is right? No, 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 no. This is a criminal trial. Oh, oh criminal. my gosh! Oh, wow. he, he got indicted. He's facing some serious time here, and the, the the prosecutor wanted to introduce that clip to show what that phrase I'm going to pull up of, of uh, Frank Evangeli is. But they're gonna, you know, it's insanity to introduce a movie. I mean, it's it's biased. Uh, it's it's a film, but the judge said you can introduce the dialogue, the written dialogue. So they're going to allow the Godfather two sequence that Gianni just explained into the criminal trial. I never heard of that. But not only it's that, nuts. it's it's you know it's it's almost contradicting everything we just said prior about the Irishman. Yeah. Now they're there they're, they're doing a true movie called The Irishman, and. They're saying it's all fictitious. Now they're using a fictitious part of <laughs> a court, movie yeah. to base it on a, 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 an indictment on a, 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 a case that's real. I mean, it's nuts. Okay, well, it's what, what this tells me is, because I've been in this business a while, is that their case isn't that strong. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna need Michael Gazi, who was Gaza, uh, who was the actor who played uh, Frank Pantangeli. They're going to need him as a witness, basically, on film to support their case. Oh, by the way, I didn't know this, but he was in, he was uh, nominated for an Academy Award Best Supporting Actor. Did you know that? No. Who was? When? For that for that part. For that he got Michael nominated. Gaza, oh, he got nominated for an Academy mm-hmm. Award for Best Supporting Actor for that role. I didn't know that. And uh, he lost. He lost the supporting. Uh, oh no, he was nominated. Uh, for supporting actor, but he lost to uh, Robert De Niro. Oh. That's amazing. Yeah, oh. and I, you know, I think I had seen this. Uh, this actor I mean, it was a good. I mean, very- he was very good in it because I remember going to, when he went up to the uh, confirmation of Michael's son up in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, 
and he crashed drunk, a party, yeah, drunk. And, I mean, he was good, mm-hmm. but to get nominated, yeah. that's amazing. Nominated for an Oscar, yep. And he, he lost out to the, to an, you know, De Niro. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. So we're going to see how this trial goes, and I would, I would think that not knowing anything about the trial, because obviously it hasn't started yet, that the stone is going to beat it. If they have to, you know, ask to put a film clip in, they're in trouble. No, but I mean, again, so it's, it's, it's so crazy. I, and we, you and I were just defending the truth in a book <laughs> and yeah. becoming fictitious in a movie, and now this is vice versa. Worlds are colliding. That's crazy. It's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, what are they going to do? If, if they ever uh, arrest the guy for, for, you know, killing somebody, some uh, contract killer, what, are they going to have an old James Cagney clip in there or something? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's becoming uh, Hollywood. I mean, it's, it's, it's insanity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a movie, folks. It's a movie. Hello. Yeah, hello. Yeah. People well, really just identify with it. They love it so with, much. I mean, it's crazy when you think about all the stuff we're talking about. I'm, I'm obviously we love doing what we do, and it's, yeah. the material is just out there. It's so crazy. It's. Uh, I think it's time to go to the mailbag and so? get some truth. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll get some truth out of you guys. Well, we'll, we'll let's hope we, we haven't read the mail yet. So let's see. <laughs> All right, so let's go. First one is from Maureen for Gianni. Maureen asks, did you know Anna Genovese? Am I saying that correctly? Genovese, wife of Vita? Yes. Did you know? I knew her, and and, uh, in fact, Pat knew her too. You remember Anna? Did you, Pat? Pat? Yeah. Yeah. No, she... uh, And it's funny because there's so many... I'm not out of respect to Vito. I mean, I won't say anything about her, Mm -hmm. but... um, she was uh, a bit of a player. <laughs> oh, was she? Believe it or not. Well, t- t- fill him in on that, Pat. You got you got the scoop on that. Well, no, I don't really. Other than the fact she knew what she was getting herself into, and she was previously married. Is this the thing you're talking about, John? Yeah. Yep. She was, okay, she was previously uh, married to a, a regular guy. I think he was a bartender or a waiter or something. And uh, she was in in, uh, in the chorus line in this club, and Vito comes in one day. He's a powerful guy. I mean, in the crime family. Hello. Uh, he liked her, and somebody said, well, she's married. So Gianni, the Gianni, uh, Vito oh. <laughs> killed her husband. Oh, my God. No, I mean, it's, he, he that's, that's... Wait, so he husband. killed her husband, and then she married him? Well, he died... Uh, he, 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 he he slipped off a roof. Right, he slipped. And he's not a he roofer. Slipped. Well, he actually stopped. <laughs> uh, and then he winds insane. up marrying. He winds up marrying her. And, you know, the question is, did she know? Did she not know? But that's not for us to say, you know. But, right. uh, you know, Vito Genovese uh, had a reputation of being a stone-cold killer. He was a oh he ruled by fear. Am I right, Johnny? Or, oh, yeah, and, and, and he, he went up the ranks through that. That's how he got to get the family. You know, then, yeah, uh, you're a vicious guy. No, yeah. major guy, though. Major guy. Yeah. Wow. But why, why this lady knows her? Died in prison. That was all it said. Just wanted to know if we met her or knew her. She wanted to know if you knew her. I, I knew her from a distance, out of respect of you. You knew of her. Of her. And, um, that, and with me, that was a very sensitive area because of Costello. Don't forget, okay. you got to remember, Chin Gigante made his bones by trying to kill Costello. I still think he wasn't trying very hard. Mm. He was right on top of him. Yeah. He'd he'd rather be with Costello in the long run. 
And the the ironic part is Costello's gone, Genovese is gone, and he, Chin, up until he died, was the head of the Genovese family. Huh. So he worked his way up. Wow. All right. Oh, you're not one? talking about. Talk, talk, I'll interrupt this for a second. I have a couple of minutes here. You know, who died today, uh, Johnny Louis Epolito. Do you know who Louis Epolito was? Yeah. Why, why did he die? Mafia cop. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he, he died in prison. So for our uh, listeners who don't know who he is, him and his, uh, uh, his, his partner, a guy named uh, Steve Caracopla, uh, were the that, most corrupt cops in, in the history at least of the NYPD, probably. Yeah, they got more people uh, falsely States. falsely convicted. That's got to turn up. Well they, they, well, they were actually doing hits. These were detectives. Oh, yeah, no, they were uh, working oh for the gosh. mob, too. Oh, no, they were mob yeah, hitmen. Yeah, they were working for Gaspipe, uh, Casso. Yeah. But uh, they, they started out delivering people to Casso to him to kill. But some of these people were very hard targets. And if, if a, 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 an unmarked police car pulls you over, you pull over. Right. You know, and then they would put the guy in the trunk and take him over to Castle. And Castle would torture him for a few days. He was a nut. And then, but well, they were on a pad. Each of them got $4,000 a month uh, for not doing anything. But something cropped up. Mostly it was information, you know, that they yeah. wanted. But uh, then they started, uh, Castle started hiring them to do hits. They were making a lot of money. And they were whacking people themselves. They killed the guy on the uh, Bell Parkway right outside. They pulled when the guy was over. This? Shot him, got back in the car, and took off. This was anyway, in the eighties, wasn't died. it? Wasn't it the eighties? This uh, all happened. Eighties and nineties. Uh, this happened. Seventies. Seventies and eighties. Yeah. I've never heard about. Uh, that. It's just. Oh, these were guys were bad guys. Caracapa uh, died two years ago, and uh, Epolito just died today or yesterday. Hey, man, you know, why, why, why don't, you know I, I I know that pretty well. I mean, why don't we uh, for our audience rather than just mailbag? Why don't we dedicate a show to this soon? Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of information on this. Okay, good idea. Excellent Me idea. too, because, you know, I, oh, remember, oh. I remember the daughter at the trial crying that her father's oh. a, a, a hero, not a, a killer. Oh the webpage gosh. is Let's... still up for, for her father. She started a, a webpage, basically a, a GoFundMe uh, page to help free her father. But anyway, you're right. Let's talk about it. Let's do time. it. Let's do that in depth. Thank you, whoever asked that question. It will become a whole episode. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I've got some some insight on that. So do you, Johnny? I yeah, guess. yeah you, you know you know the people. Yeah. Anyway, next. All right, next. So now we have a question from Angela for Gianni. Angela says, <clears throat> "How is it that you speak so articulately when you only attended second grade before you were put in the hospital for five years of polio? Other than the streets, did you ever have any other form of education to help you learn to read and write? If not, it's amazing how well spoken you are, and." Um, read and write today? Well, I don't read and write well, but you never know that. And uh, I spell everything phonetically. As far as my diction, what I did do, I was around Costello, who was an ama- amazing speaker, and the people around him, you know, like Earl Wilson. I was a great listener. And then to become even better, in my spare time, I would go to the Plaza Hotel I became friends with this guy. I was in there all the time as a kid. And I, he would let me sit at the Palm Court. And I would watch people, how they dined. Because my, my whole family, you know, they, they, they put their face in the food. And, <laughs> but, no, and I, I wanted to polish myself. So I, I listened. I listened huh. to all kinds of radio, Walter Cronkite. 
and I, I got re- rid of the D's and D's. Every once in a while, they slip in. But thank you th- for thinking that I'm educated. I'm <laughs> you not. definitely sound it. You are very articulate. <laughs> well, you, you know, surprisingly enough, to this day, people still confuse Gianni with Walter Cronkite. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> Good evening, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Give him, when, 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 when Walter Cronkite dies, they were going to give Gianni the, uh, the uh, spot on the 6 o'clock news, but he turned it down. <laughs> yeah, I was making too much money. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's an episode right there. There you go. <laughs> go All ahead. right. Go Ready ahead. for the next one? Yeah. So this mm-hmm. one's from Sebastian for Pat. There's two questions, actually. The first one says, how is the progress going on your novel, The Crowded Hour? And were you interested in writing during your youth? Um, and were there early signs that you could potentially become an author? Couple questions there. Wow, good question, and I'm very surprised he knows about the crowded hour. This is I a was novel. just going to say, how does this guy know yeah, this? I, was like, I don't know this. I don't know how the hell he knows. Uh, he must be I, your neighbor. Been... You told him to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's his son. Thank you, Sebastian. I owe you one. Uh, uh, about five years ago, a former student of mine. I teach uh, in a in a graduate school. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a graduate course on on writing. You get a uh, and. Uh, master's degree. It's a five-year course. Anyway, uh, I was talking to one of my former students. She lives in, in, in Chicago. She's a published author in her own right. And we said, you know, let's have some fun and let's write a book. We weren't doing anything at the time. So I haven't seen this woman in 10 years. We wrote the book Hard to Believe over the phone. Isn't that hard to believe, Johnny? That yeah, somebody can crazy write a book concept. Over the phone? No, well, that's wild. It's, <laughs> Never it's, heard that. It's, it's freaking becoming, amazing. It's becoming very anyway. vogue. <laughs> <laughs> We got through, this is a, uh, a novel, it's a thriller, and we got through about 80% of it when all of a sudden, both of us, uh, my former student's name is Penny Dawn. That's a real name. Anyway, she got to be very famous in her own right. She's backed up four books. I'm writing books, and we just never finished the book. Mm. So about uh, when we finished uh, our book, Johnny and I, Frank Wyman said, what the hell happened to the book? It's been five years. I could have written it backwards by now. So uh, I'm just about finished with it. I got about a chapter to go. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, Frank will have it probably in about a month or two, I guess. But anyway, to answer the the second part of the question, I never took a writing class in my life. I'm dyslexic. I mean, I have a hard time reading, let alone writing. But I've been an avid reader. I mean, I have to be in total silence to, to, to read, and reading always interested me. Mm-hmm. And I figured, how many times have you read a book and say, I can do that, this book sucks? Well, I thought of that all my life until I actually sat down and wrote a book. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, you know, it, to me, writing is like telling a story. Like, well, I'm talking to you, that's how I write. I'm not, you know, talented uh, to, to the point where I can write a literary work. I write a story, and I'm a good storyteller. And that's the bottom line. It's as simple as that for me. Convinced me. You know, I just write it as a thing. <laughs> Seems to be going well so it's, far. It's, hey, you know, my attitude is everybody on the planet has a talent. Mm-hmm. The problem is finding it. Mm. And I didn't find mine until I was in my late 40s. Well, but not, everybody could I'm happy you found well it eventually. You wrote my book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, glad that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very time. selfish about that, you know. <laughs> well, it's... Hey, unfortunately, it worked, you know, and we got a good future here. But uh, oh my yeah, God. that's that's it. I, I I write because it's fun, and I had never taken a class, and I just got a kick out of it. Seems to be working out for you so far. Glad Even you, you. So far. you're capitalizing on it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm right here now. right now. Because of it. Yeah, this is it, man. <laughs> 
All right. So next one is from Lisa for Gianni. Lisa says, I started watching the show Godfather of Harlem. What do you know about the central character Bumpy Johnson? Also, Paul Sorvino plays Mr. Frank Costello in the series. Do you think that's good casting? Uh, no. First of all, I, I hate Paul Savino. <laughs> He's the most pompous guy I've met next to Jimmy Kahn. And if he was here, I'd tell him that too. I think I've told tell him. Tell us how you really feel, Jim. Yeah, don't hold back. No, but, you know, it is, that's why I never really made it in Hollywood. If you say hello to me, I want to say hello back. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. these guys walk around like you, you should kiss their ring. And I clean that up. But no, Paul, yeah. Paul, <laughs> Paul Savino, I mean... He's had such a wonderful career, and uh, but I was never a fan. Mm. Once you meet him, you'll know why, and everybody will tell you that. Everybody. So I don't have an opinion on him playing anything other <laughs> than a rat, and then maybe I'd, I'd feel good about it. But all right, well, there's that. That's that one. How about um, Bumpy Johnson? What do you know about him? Nothing. Nothing. Is that a fictitious character? No, it's a no. character in this show. It's based on. Real people, I believe. I don't know much about what's, it. What's the show Bumpy, about? It's called Bumpy Godfather Johnson of Harlem. Was a, he was a black gangster who uh, uh, not invented. I couldn't say invented, but he profited on the numbers. Numbers. Yeah, I numbers. He, he, I know he guy, owned yeah. Harlem, and then uh, later in his career, uh, the Italians started to move in on him. Right. Uh, but he fought back. I mean, this guy was no pushover. He died on the street. He was walking walking down Seventh uh, Avenue one day, just killed over. And I was standing him. Oh, that was it. He died in natural causes. Natural causes. Wonder, Not too I many people in that business can say that. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how they put Costello in that, just because maybe Harlem. Maybe. I mean it's it's interesting well, to me. You know, it's been it's 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 been so long. That. They they could have had uh, Pee Wee Herman playing Costello and nobody could have related. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's been we're, diff- we're dealing with different generations here. You know, people don't know who Frank Costello was unless you tell them. People that listen to this podcast are interested in the mob, obviously, so they would know. You know, they have well, some kind of a connection. Yeah. But the average person doesn't know who Costello was. You can put anybody in it. That's true. I we didn't, know. I didn't know him before. We I knew know Johnny. that. No. Yeah, oh, we yeah. know that it's poor casting. That's 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 yeah, poor casting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So next one is from Jim. This is for Gianni as well. Gianni says, or I mean, sorry, not Gianni says, Jim says, what are your thoughts on the death of Joey the Clown Lombardo of the Chicago outfit? I can't even discuss There that. were two people that asked about him. Well, you know what it is? I know him and I know the people that he was around yet. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I'm, Don't I, go there. I go to Chicago once a month and I'm, my friends of my friends for many, many years as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no, I wouldn't even, I'd be indicted if I say what I say. Got it. Okay, See well then later. let's stop here. Moving on. Okay, next one. The only clown I know is <laughs> in <on>. circus. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So the next one is from Al. And Al asks, Gianni, what has been the weirdest fan encounter you've ever had? Oh my God. It, I'm you, interested in this answer. No, this is nuts. Right after The Godfather, and it wasn't a good experience. Okay. I was, as ironically, I was in Chicago, and this lady comes over to me from across the street. I see her coming towards me. I'm saying, Wait, what's this about? Uh-oh. I recognized, you know, thought I may know her, mm-hmm. and she immediately starts banging me over the head with a pocketbook. 
And it wasn't a small pocketbook. Thank God there was a cop there, and he stopped her. He says, what are you doing? She says, he's Carlo from The Godfather. And I said, yeah. She said, I had, a, I had a miscarriage. My boyfriend from that movie, he always used to play you. He beat me, and I had a miscarriage. Oh, she God. identified me. That was my, I mean, the weirdest, that's the weirdest fan encounter you could have. Wow. She, ironically, was blaming me for influence her boyfriend to beat her up because he used to watch The Godfather. And so that was much. a character well, you played. You, that means you're a really good actor, man. Well, hey, you really had her convinced that that well, was. I you. heard that, but I mean, that's yeah. the. I mean, I don't think it gets weirder than that. Thank God the cop was there, because if I would have hit her, then I really had a problem. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. People are nuts. Oh yeah, they're it's out true. there. They are they're really out there. there. And there's a lot Most of people. Them. You know, only the three of us are sane. <laughs> <laughs> and I have doubts about you two. Oh, no, never. Well, you no, know I'm nuts who wrote my life story. <laughs> that's true. And I spend a lot of time with you now. So, All right, well, I think that's enough for tonight. We'll save a couple more for next oh, week. Oh, yeah, please. And uh, okay. again, we three of us, thank you so much. We are getting oh, yeah. more fan mail. We're getting more recognition, fortunately. We're getting more invitations to other channels. and uh, Yeah, we've had a lot of people reaching out, which Reaching is out for us, which is good. And it all because of you all and your friendships and keep the cards and letters coming. <laughs> Love you all. Good night. Did you just make that up? Yeah, Good I night. think. Who said that? I, was, I don't know. Wasn't me. I think. I think it was uh, George Burns or one of those who used to sign off like that. Oh, I would keep know. your cards and letters coming. That's or when emails, people wrote that. No, that's that would be today. I know. See, I'm kidding. No, that's it. <laughs> today they say keep your texts, whatever. Well, your texts like, and emails yeah. and FaceTimes and. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. My name is Megan Horan. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.